This is Matt Vanderpan, and you're listening to UND Football 360. The Fighting Hawks pick up win number seven, downing South Dakota 28-19. This week, they head down I-29, landing in the Fargo Dome for a regular season finale with the Bison. An old rival, a chance to knock off the champs, playoff seating on the line, and this is UND Football 360. This is UND Football 360, Shannon Schweiger along with former Fighting Sioux All-American Kelly Howell and 2001 National Champ Matt Nelson. And fellas, you don't need to hype this matchup any more than we are going to over the next hour and a half. That's right, Shannon. We're going to hype it up, <laughs> hype some more, and then hype a little bit on top of that. Uh, what a great week, a great win that we got this weekend. Give us some confidence going into this week. And, man, we got everything we needed to the last three games to go into this one, Kelly, uh, with a little bit of confidence and a little bit of swagger. Yeah, definitely. We got needed needed three in a row. Got them. We talked about that the whole time. Now um, this one, you know, I, I think they're in. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But this one now is just for – this is personal. Now, you know, it's 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 in-state, and it's you're, you're more playing – you know, if UND had six wins, they'd be – fighting for their life and yeah against yeah. NDC well now you're feeling a little better but obviously a win vaults you up the you know the seed possible seed possible you know or a seed. high at large right so yeah, so yeah it's uh this is more of you know we're gonna get into it later but guys this week I mean if I'm in that locker room it's more of uh I'm sick of hearing about all this crap you got yeah, let's end right. this thing yep. right <laughs> you know we got last 10 years I'm mean, oh, coming up on Saturday sitting. folks yeah. three hours of Pure hate, and we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you ready for it. We're gonna get you ready for it. All three of us live in the belly of the beast. We're down here in Fargo, so we hear it all the time. You know, before we get into this huge matchup with so much on the line, um, you know, it's always historic when these two get together. Um, it's one of the most played rivalries, and it is a rivalry, in case you're wondering. I thought it wasn't a rivalry. Well, no. if it isn't a rivalry, why are tickets in the end zone selling for $200 a pop? Tell me that. Um, we're going to thank our sponsors first, Rumor Sports Bar, Grill and Casino, the Grand Forks Country Club, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, and Lit Fitness and Nutrition Coaching. Folks, that's Dave Butler, the All-NCC all offensive lineman um, from back on the 2001 National Championship team. So, mm-hmm. fellas, once again, it is a rivalry game. We can put all of that to bed. Now, some of the current players, I will admit, some of the current players don't know the history. There hasn't been that many games, although we're back in the same league. But for the fans, it's a rivalry game. It's sold out. Tickets are on StubHub for a ridiculous uh, amount of money. There's so much on the line with this game. And because we are three middle-aged men living in 1998, we brought back Matt Vanderpan. And what is the claim to fame of Matt Vanderpan? He was the first man to the nickel in the last nickel trophy game (laughs) back in 2003. So we are bringing up the mojo. We got Caleb Johnson coming up later, and we'll tell you what Caleb Johnson is all about too. So here's what we're going to do in this first segment, listeners. We are going to rewind that 28-19 Hawk win over South Dakota. We're going to have the Grand Forks Country Club drive of the game. We have an interview with Matt Vanderpan. He's going to have memories of that last Nickel Trophy game, the big overtime win, 28-21 for North Dakota. So it's all UND NDSU for the next hour and a half. And again, folks, batten down the hatches, 
strap on whatever you need to <laughs> strap on and strap down for three hours Saturday. It is a huge game for the Fighting Hawks and the Bison. Got to be ready to go, Matt. I mean, this is fans got to be ready to go. Okay, because there's going to be – here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of UND fans in there. Okay, tickets are available at the start of the season. Now, I remember what was it, August 1st or whatever, when they go on sale. Or, you know, a UND fan, there's going to be when you get in there. Every time you get in there, there's a lot of UND fans. And they're spread out, though, because they just took whatever seats they could get. UND gets their section up in the corner. But it's going to be – there's going to be a following for UND, and there always is. And it's it's fun. It's, you just got to – number one, you got to have fun with it. But number two, this year is different. Okay, it's just got a different feel. There's a little – I'm sensing a vulnerability. That doesn't mean NDSU is bad. <laughs> it means they're, they're still pretty good. But uh, I'm sensing a little vulnerability in their fan base. And I don't know. Is, is this the year we the, the locker room finally gets sick of it up there? I don't know. That's what that's what my mindset would be. That's right. I, I, I agree that it's a little bit of a tone, different tone out there where – you're seeing some of the media, you're seeing some of the fans, you're seeing some of, even some of the, the friends that I have that are big Bison fans. They're coming, hey, what do you think about this game this weekend? Right. It, they seem a little bit more nervous <laughs> than they did five wow. years ago when we played. Trey Lance isn't on that field, all right? Let's be honest. They don't, have, they don't have some of the guys they had in the past, like Carson Wentz won the 2015 game. He came alive and started to hit some tough passes down the middle. We were in that thing, 2015, for a while, and then all of a sudden he hit. He hit a few down the middle that only he could probably hit, and all of a sudden it got out of control. And, you know? and the Hawks knocked on the door last year, 26-20, um, in the Alaris. <coughs> so things are tightening up. Going to be a great day. But yep. before we break that down in segment two, let's talk about the win over South Dakota. 28-19, a very workmanlike Hawk win, yep. Kelly. Um, you are our lead football analyst what lead. are your thoughts? Lead. Lead, Matt. Lead. I'll take Matt. that. Yes. <laughs> Matt <laughs> is Matt. You're the engineer. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm more of the, like, the color right. fun guy. Lead. I'm yeah. the, the lunsies. Lunsies, yeah. We're all You're about, like the serious engineer. <laughs> counting beans go. over there. We're all right. about titles here at UND <laughs> yeah, Football yeah. 360. Here is our lead football analyst, Kelly right. Howe, on that 2018 well, win. It wasn't sexy, guys, that's for sure. I mean, I was, I was hoping. I wasn't sure, but, but this game's always tight. So I was kind of hoping going in that they were a little, you know, blah, and we were motivated, and we were, we played fine. Yeah, but they played well too. They so let's give credit to South more Dakota. Fine. Yeah, I mean they were good. They're good for a while. And they were amped up. You know, we talked about yep. that last week, where you know this is an inter, not an interstate, but a, a Dakota rivalry, right. a game for us, and it is for them. And they had a chance to knock us out of the playoffs. So yep. so there there was motivation there, and you could tell in that game that they came to play. And they have a good team. The USD they, is got a good team. They, they, they're always one of those teams that can beat any team in the Missouri And, and here's, here's the other thing. You know, when, when seasons go south, you can tell the character when teams are still playing. And that South Dakota team was playing last week. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, <coughs> their season has gone south. They've got a lot of one-score mm -hmm. games. Um, this could have been a one-score game. It ends up oh. nine points because of a blocked extra right. point and what have you. But here's, here's the other thing about South Dakota. They are. They do have some young players that are dynamic. Aiden Bauman is going to yep. scare a lot of Missouri Valley football teams yep. with that powerful arm. And if they can protect him. That's the key. They, yeah. I, I said last week their O-line was their weakness. Yeah, that they, proved to be true as the game went on. But they're good run blockers. 
So right. they're run blocking because they're all 330. I mean, right. they, they're a little they too can big. Move forward. Yeah. yeah, they can move yeah. forward, but they, they can't they move. Ha- they have trouble dancing backwards in high heels. <coughs> right. Well, kind of like what they used to say about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. She did everything right. Fred Astaire did, but she had to do it backwards in high heels. Right. So you're really <laughs> dating yourself. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, well Matt, I, I never bought a couple, ticket. A couple people <laughs> listening will get that. Right? Then, right. Couple, yeah. One or two, I maybe. Matt, just to be clear, I never bought a ticket. Do I have to watch AMC? To a Fred a stare Ginger Rogers movie. There was never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more uh, well, back, that long yeah. ago. back to the future. And, you know, stuff you guys right, watch on no. Netflix, I actually saw in the theater. So. Right, but, yeah, in um, back to the old line Yeah, it started to show itself when they had to pass because Bauman's not a runner. That was their problem. Bauman can't right. run. Right. So if you're going to have a right tackle that can't move his feet very well, you're in trouble. And that's UND attacked that, you know, with outside pressure. They made sure you saw Aaron Cooper and McNabal always go outside. They yep. dipped. They were going to stay outside because yep. they knew they were sending pressure from the inside. Yeah, and we, yeah. we, we ended up being able to capitalize on that when they got yeah. a little tired. And, and, you know, what what McNabal have? Two sacks. Two sacks. Two, two sacks, TFLs. Two TFLs. Yeah, so, he had another big game. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, that's, uh, that's what, what I like need. about our defense is that as the game goes on, just like our offense, we can make some of those adjustments yeah. and start capitalizing on some of those weaknesses. That, that don't act like you weren't worried though after the no, first couple well, drives. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like oh, I, every I was, every game, I'm like, every, oh, I'm like oh boy, God. here we go. And I kind of watch, but then now, you know what? I found myself. I'll admit, last four or five games, I found myself saying, "Ah, just sit tight, Kelly." And you probably noticed the tone of my tweets have changed as the game. I just don't say anything because I'm starting to grow up and mature and figure out that this team gets better as the game goes on, and they figure it out. The coaches figure it out. The players figure it out. And the defense always gets better, right? I mean, it, it has. It just has. Very few times it hasn't. And, um, yeah, I I like the way they adjusted as the game went on. Um, you know, I checked my notes. Three-phase game. That's what the name – the article, the game review is. It's a three-phase game, 100%. The, the play of the game, without a doubt, was the Malachi McNeil punt block. Oh, yeah, if we don't question. block that punt – I think we still win, but, you know, maybe it's a three-point game, a one-point game. We blocked that punt and scored a touchdown. We only had 14 seconds to score. Well, next play they scored, uh, Bo Belquist. Um, DeMontanac fell on it. I wanted to make note of that. That was a good hustle by those guys. But if we don't block that punt, it's a different game. Locker room's (laughs) different at halftime, too. Both locker rooms are different. Keep keep that in mind. Even in our text thread, they're like, oh, man, this isn't good. You know, yep. some of my buddies, and he's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, we're good. We're yeah. up by yeah. one yeah. now. <laughs> but, you know, we, no, no. you talk about all three phases of the game, but I think the tone was set way back on Wednesday when the host predicted the punt block. Yep. Here on there the podcast. You, go. I, uh, you know, we, we need to that's throw That's what in. it was. This is a very, very influential podcast, as yeah. we know. Hey, the, the accuracy, the too. The catwalk and the accuracy. What was the uh, – Game prediction, what was it, 2819? Yeah, we're going to get into that. Yeah, well, let's see how accurate we'll that see. was. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. But Dialed it, in. You know, the, know. the well, punt block, you, count yeah. all day. you talk about a game changer, a momentum changer. Now you go in ahead at halftime getting the ball because the Hawks got the ball in the second half. That's a game changer. Let's turn to the offense a little bit, guys. Um, obviously, defense, special teams, they held South Dakota to 19 points. Two blocked kicks, a blocked punt, blocked extra point. You knew uh, the Hawks were going to get an extra point or a field goal because they were an eyelash away uh, all the time. But let's turn to the offense. We said very workmanlike, 28 points. 
Um, there were not a lot of possessions in this game. No. There were five possessions. Um, <laughs> North Dakota had three in the first half, including one for with 14 seconds. South Dakota had two in the Man. first half. There were very few possessions. These were mirror image offenses that okay. were really going at it. Yeah, they're, they're running the clock, running up the middle. And you knew we said South Dakota was going to do that. They'll run as much as they can. Well, even when they're down 28-19, they're running Tice up the middle. Good, but they were getting yards, so why not keep doing that, you know? But then again, we were okay with that. I remember, I think it was the end of the first qu third quarter. They had that, I think it was their touchdown drive at the end of the third quarter into the fourth. Okay, they scored at the start of the fourth, but they kept running Tice, and it was what, uh, what was the score then? 20, was it 28, 30, 13. 13? Yeah, they kept running Tice, and I was thinking, oh gosh, you're getting a lot of yards. But then I kept looking at the clock, kept looking at the clock. Running out of time. They ran about six minutes yeah. off the clock, I think, you know, yeah, to get that touch, which, which plenty of time left. I get it. But after UND was making them work, and I'm starting to say to myself, well, this ain't all bad because what do we do at the end of games? We just run the we clock run out. the clock out. Right. So I was like, well, okay, I if mean, they're doing it for us, and then we're still yeah. up by two scores. Yeah, there's nine minutes left or whatever it was when they scored twelve minutes, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, well, we're gonna probably put together a five to seven minute drive coming up here. There's not gonna be enough right. time left because it was a two score game. Yeah, you the, know? their methodology in that I just didn't understand that. Well, you know, you're, but yeah. Well, they teach their well own, you I saw guess, the method, the reason for it on the last drive when they had to pass. Couldn't protect. He, he knew, yeah, he couldn't. couldn't. He knew they couldn't yeah. protect. So, okay. But then again, Tice, right. Tice was getting the Duly yards. Noted, but so, you know, it was like Tice you know, was getting the yards. So it's a tough call. You know, you know, if you try to throw on first down, you end up in, in second and long right. and whatever. They, they just couldn't protect Fallon at the end of the game. And that, you know, we talked about their offensive linemen being a little bit larger in, in status. They were gassed. No. At the end of the game, too, they couldn't they couldn't protect him. Um, I mean, they probably needed to keep a guy. I mean, if if I'm going against UND, I'm max protecting. You know, like we've always talked about, I'm not sending five. Oh, what's the point? And you know, they don't have five receivers good enough. They got two that are good. Send those two out and a third leak a third out. Max protect, keep two guys in, and one of those two who are pretty good, Elador and Bell, they'll probably get open. Probably at least give you a window. You know, at the very – that's why I don't – I didn't like the way they left the right tackle on the island. Like, I mean, there's no reason. Keep a tight end in, keep a running back in, chip to his side. Something – it would have gave Bauman a little more time and stuff. But usually teams do that against UND. They they know, you know, we're going to bring pressure and they'll just – one of our three guys can get open type of a mentality. And right, so, right. Yeah, it was it was interesting, but credit to UND. You know, they, they came up with the big sacks to end it. And that was exciting. See Aaron Cooper get one, too. I like to see I, our outside linebackers haven't got a lot of sacks this year. We were hoping for it, and he came off came off clean right off the edge. So that was good. Um, what else? You know, I, you were talking about the offense, Shannon. O-line got big push all day. Big push. Big push, and, and Danny, they were fighting in there. Danny Carroll yeah. uh, Jeez, they were steps mauling. back in at center. Yep, yeah, he um, did a pretty good. Did a good job. He, he is a very – guys, he's a very good blocker very he's just an animal and he's mean and he, he you want to talk about street fight in there watch him i mean he's just getting after guys every play but he's quick because he's smaller so he'll he'll get the angle on him then he'll get into him and then it's a go time but he's already got you because he's got he's already angled you up and a couple snaps i would say three to five maybe i don't even remember we're high we're high they're high yep. but i am worried <laughs> i do because it, 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 it throws off timing Run plays, like we run inside zone. If Tommy has to jump, yep. put it down, he's got to jump and put it down all in one motion to get it to Hoosman because Hoosman's already started his, to go forward. Mm -hmm. So 
the the hole is what you know call it a quarter second off half second off the timing it makes a difference yeah yeah so i don't know that was that's the only thing hey, hopefully you know we get he gets in the fargo dome he just you know he's take breathe deep yeah. breath you know it's going to be gonna he's going to be amped up he's, he's going to be amped, amped up, up yep, and it's going to so. be loud and here's our yeah. broken record moment tommy schuster efficient 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 <laughs> Another one, guys, I don't know, 10 weeks in a row now I wrote, hey, uh, he had a pretty good game again. <laughs> I mean, I say the same thing every week. He had 10. He's had 10 good games in a row. I don't know how else to say it. He hasn't. The, the interception was horrible. That was, that was probably the worst throw he's thrown all year. I don't know what. I don't really know what he was thinking well, there. Well, I know he was thinking yeah. fourth down. Uh, field position was important there, too. But, you know, there's only so many things. He's, he's looking to make a play. He throws it. It's picked off in the end zone. It's fourth down. Right. Now they have the ball at the 20 instead of the two. That yep. would have been a, a better choice of just throw it out of the end zone if there's no. Or um, he had Mog in the end zone on a 50-50. You know, you just yep. kind of throw it up to, to get yeah, it. But, it, but it's other than that, guys, 24 yeah. of 28, 243 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns. Now listen I mean, to us nitpick. Yeah, right? I know. Well, I mean, that's our job. Yeah, he, well, he had, so job. he had, he had the one mistake, and the rest of the game, he just bought time. When he was buying time, it was keeping plays alive and – he was, I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day too. I'm like, how many times in the game do you, when he throws the pass, do you say, Jesus, I wasn't even close. I, Zero. I can't think of one, unless he's purposely throwing it out of yeah. the end zone or out, out of bounds. When's the last time he missed a pass? 10 yards over the receiver, uh, eight yards ahead of him, um, way behind him, bad pass. I mean, when's the last time we saw that? Everything is either on the money, knocked down by the DB because he made a good play, or he'll throw an interception, which probably on the money, but the guy, you know, I mean, he has five interceptions on the year, I think is what it is. And I don't know. It's just every pass is where – but another key to this that, you know, is overlooked is why are these passes all on the money? Because he's going to the right guy. He's making good decisions. He's picking – he knows before the play starts – where he's going. Where his number one is. Right. Yep. See, that's the key. So he's not picking the wrong guy and then, oh, and panicking and having to throw it into a tight window it, or anything. One thing I have noticed, you know. that he he, does, he likes throwing to Bo. He likes throwing to Garrett. But yep. but he doesn't, oh, get into that methodical, like, automatic, I'm throwing to Garrett every no. play or I'm throwing to Bo every play. No, he's look, he knows. And if he's, if, if that guy's covered, Bo's covered, he's going to somebody else. And, and he, he swings he, it and yep. then he swings it out to red or, you know, he has he, good you know, check downs. He's, yep. he's a good decision maker. So that, that's the, been a huge difference in, in the last that's 10 a big games part of his us. accuracy. That's he's going that, to the right guy. He's going to the right guy. Right. I get it. Tyler yeah. Hoosman. Um, again, we, we've used the term workmanlike again. He was work, workmanlike, but he was also dynamic and powerful uh, in that yep. run that uh, that you had put up and pointed out how many yeah. times it's been watched on social media. 8,000 views. 10,000. 10, These people like that he's run. exciting. Yeah, he <laughs> And he stumbled before. He didn't even it, have his full speed. Strength no, and, and that looks like why he pummeled him too because yeah. he lost his footing a little bit and he, he had that forward momentum right. and just gave him a little extra smack to him but boy it was a fun one run to watch. he's not slowing down is he he's not no i mean the season well, isn't wearing him down we didn't, it doesn't we didn't, appear at all we didn't wear him out the first five games either like, well, and he didn't get wore out at northern iowa too so we got to factor that in i mean he was what was he running 20 times a yeah, year i mean yeah. he wasn't getting much run there so his legs were pretty fresh coming up to Grand Forks, right? And so. What I like about him too is that this is his, this is his year. 
right? So if he's le- le- leaving everything on the field, right. every every run that he every time he gets a touch, he's leaving it out there. And gosh, you know, you you want to say, boy, I'd like to have him for another year, but boy, he's really I'll leaving it out year. there. You, know, I'll take this year. I'll take yeah. this year. Yeah, he's been him and Isaiah Smith. How about guys? How about that screen call? <laughs> oh, that, I mean, okay, I I like screens inside the red zone anyway just because teams know when you shorten fields, defense corners bring more pressure quick because they know you, in a short field you can't let the guy stand back there because somebody will get open. They just crisscross and pick and everything. So screens work inside, you know, the red zone, green zone. Yeah, they just forgot to cover them. Yeah. Well, they sent – they blitzed. They sent six yeah. or seven. We and them. we called it to the right, the correct side. <laughs> and do you see the two line? <laughs> I think it's Kilty and I can't – I don't know who's our right side. Whoever – they went running <laughs> into the end zone. There's no one to block. <laughs> all three of them, Emmett, those two and Isaiah Smith, go running into the end zone with no one to block, and they all turn around and look at each other around. and start right. celebrating. Hey, great yeah. job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before. It was a convoy. Yeah, it was, a convoy. It was all... they, they let him in. Um, Kelly, let's, uh, let's talk about the Grand Forks Country Club drive of the game and before we do that we want to thank the Grand Forks Country Club we want to remind everyone that there is time to book your events uh, probably the best place um, in Grand Forks no need to worry about parking plenty of parking folks you don't have to park on the street and park in the parking lot a uh, great place to have your winter events your spring events um, got to remember that um, there's still time to book some holiday um parties but also graduation is going to be here before Correct. we know it the snow will be melting we got dumped on last week matt and i always blame Oof. you for that matt because i blame you for most everything yeah, so. that's fine well you brought it down oh. from duluth Correct. it's that lake effect snow that actually it's right straight across minnesota it's not down i'm not bringing true. down anything you brought it across <laughs> so since you're living in in fargo we get lake effect snow because you you missed home but anyway the grand forks country club Drive of the game. Kelly, what do you got? Well, there were, weren't many drives like we talked nope. about, but there were some touchdown drives. Um, kind of eliminated the first two just because South Dakota came back. You know, the first one, South Dakota came back and scored. Second touchdown was one play. So I was like, well, it was pretty important, but it wasn't much of a drive. So I'm going to start the second half. Guys, we, we get the ball, and, you know, we got all the momentum. So like we talked about, it was 14-13. And we got all the momentum, and we're getting the ball. Now you could kind of sense it. You, know, you get the feel, hey, if we go down and score here, it'll you know kind of demoralize them, but it'll change their game plan. You know, is the big thing. Right. You know, it right. change. It can't. You know, they're not going to run every play. They're going to have to drop back, right? And technically, it changes it to two scores instead of just one. Yep. And it, it, that's what it became. And so I went to the first drive of the second half, guys. Five minutes, fifty-four seconds, ten play, seventy-five yard drive ends in a bow Belquist. Touchdown again in the end zone. I believe this was the um, this was the fake. Wasn't this the fake fade? Come back to the front pylon. Yeah, touchdown. Three, three yard. He pass, likes. He's yeah. pretty good at that one. But here, here's what's coming next. Get ready. It's gonna be the fake fade. Come back to the pylon. Wheel and wheel and pump. Tommy's gonna pump and throw it right to the back pylon. That's coming next because they've already seen this route three times now. And it's three for three. So, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, but th- that set the tone for the rest of the game, in my opinion. It was, it was uh, put UND up twenty-one to thirteen. Kind of got the crowd alive and a little relief, I guess, back in the building. I think the re- the relief came at halftime, but a little more relief 
okay, let's say if you come out and score right away to go up by eight. Yeah, 57 receptions on the season for Bo Belquist. Yep. He uh, has led every game for the Hawks, 689 yards. Um, Number one receiving. in receptions in the Missouri Valley. Number one yep. in receptions in Missouri Valley. Um, third touchdowns, what did I write? Third touchdowns, fourth yards, or fourth yards, third touchdowns. And because I can't of the remember. influence yep. of the UND Football 360 <coughs> podcast, we're going to say it here first. Um, Got to be a candidate for All-American. Got to be an All-American so. candidate. What, what the only you, issue. What more would you need? What well, more would you need? Yeah, the, he'll be, he'll be, he could be All-Conference, but what, what happens, though, I've seen this movie before. Samford and them have some guy that catches 97 balls for 1,800 yards yeah. and 31 touchdowns. Okay, that's what happens down there. That's what and happens. so and they, they become so they, they become they, the guys. They stand out. But, but what's interesting, I think he's – Bo has outperformed even like Ty Scott at Missouri State this year, who, you know, had a huge year last right. year. And Big numbers. He's, he's, put up, he's put up some nice numbers for us, and he, he's their consistent guy. I said last week going in the game that Bo was, you know, his cap or calf ankle, something like that, was injured, and it slowed him down, but that must have gone away because he, re- he looked really fresh. That's a Grand Forks Country Club drive of the game. Kelly says the first drive of the second half went uh, 554, touchdown to Bo Belquist, a game changer, set the tone for the second half. Our thanks to all the fine folks at the Grand Forks Country Club. Uh, we're going to have Matt Vanderpan here in a little bit. We caught up with him to talk about the last ever nickel trophy game back in 2003. Matt, you were a participant in uh, that game. But before we do... I'm going to argue a little bit with our All-American here because Uh-oh. the roughing the passer call. First of all, I don't know which fighting hawk it was on because I haven't had a chance to watch the replay yet. The referee called roughing the passer on Garrett Mogg, number 89. <laughs> that was Jalen Johnson. And yeah. Was it Jalen? Yeah. Because no. he called it on number it 89. 90, going, 99. So yeah. it was 99. Yep. And I'm going, damn it, Garrett. <coughs> You know, he gets in yep. the defense once, Jeez, and right. he's roughing the he's passer. One up with one we, chance. One we chance. put him on at the seven we technique and turn <laughs> him loose. Seven. So it was Jalen. Okay. Um, Kelly, I saw your, saw your tweet. I agree with your tweet that at that time in the game, you have to know to hold up. But I am going to say that was one of the weakest roughing the passer oh, calls because Aiden Bauman um, rolls about 6'4", 240 pounds. Um, he's got to get his acting down a little bit better. <laughs> Aiden did the right thing, you yep. South Dakota fans that are going to jump all Bought over it. me. He did the right thing falling down. But I'll tell you what, if we had opened one of the doors at the Alara Center at that time, Aiden would have fallen down from right. the wind <laughs> yeah. because he barely got touched. you got to keep your hands off of him. That wow. referee has one job. But I'm going to argue with you, Kelly, how I don't think it was roughing the passer. I said I'd die on that hill, and I'm about dead here. I've got I've got <laughs> slaughtered by I, everyone. And again, I was saving it up. I saw it in game, and I'm going, oh, All-American. I'm yeah. going after you on wow. Wednesday. It was second step, and he two-hand shoved him. You can't do that anymore. I mean, in my, I rewatched it ten times. It was quick. I mean, it was it was boom, boom, and he hit him right. So it wasn't a long two strides and hit. I get that, but you can't do it in this day, twenty twenty two. You can't do that anymore, and especially if you're, you know, I mean, three yards away at the time of the release, you know. So that's a stride, boom. You know, I don't know. What's, I just. What's the key for the ref? Where your hands are? Like, let's say if your hands it's are up. Steps. It's a steps it's and your hands time, are up. And timing. You, yeah. and he just two hands shoved him in the chest, so it wasn't a big hit. He, Bowman was fine. Nobody yeah. got hurt no. any. But it was like, it was the distance yeah. 
the distance. I think they just try to calculate the steps quick when they if it looks like it. Did that look like a late hit? And they throw it. I mean, there's no and, real and way in real – you can't say in real time, hey, I counted the steps, and I knew – I mean, there's right. no way they right. can – But you know. can't – and, again, the rules are the same throughout the game. My right. biggest beef with that call was the game situation. Now, I know that referee cannot talk about down and distance and whatever, but he extended the drive. Mm. Um, that penalty – I should say that penalty extended the drive. Um, Would have been third and ten. We have never yeah. – we have never been fined on UND football 360 from the Missouri Valley Football Conference, and we don't want to be now. But <clears throat> I just, I felt it was, um, can I say weak? Um, Aiden Bauman uh, did the right thing by uh, falling down. I've got one more thing hey, before. Hey, go ahead. before you get into that, though, I think it was the first time in this show's history I just defended the refs. From the Missouri I Valley. I think you did. So think take note of that, I Commissioner. Hey, we had, All right. I just defended Kelly. the rest for the first time. Okay, Kelly, <laughs> let's go back to, I think it was 2018, Portland State game, when I'm doing the, the uh, recap show, the the post-post, as they call it in the business, on yep. KFGO. You were on... And I was getting texts because we were criticizing the ref. We had a targeting <laughs> call, and I don't remember who got thrown out because of targeting. It was the worst no. targeting call. And there's a guy texting us, tell Kelly to stop complaining about the ref. Stop complaining. <laughs> he got in trouble before at Midco. He goes, he got in trouble at Midco. Oh, yeah, that's right. What did I do at Midco yet? <laughs> I did something. You got in they? trouble at what Midco on a break. You said something about a call, and you got in oh, trouble. Oh, yeah, that's right. So this guy. They didn't even tell me about it. Midco so just swallowed it. The, one of the listeners. They told me about it later. Yeah. I'm, reading, I'm reading text. So we <laughs> go to break, and I go, hey, Kelly. Um, Craig was on, too, because you guys would always join me on the post game. And I'd say, hey, Kelly, we got a fan texting me here saying tell kelly to cool it he's gonna get in trouble so we don't want to get our all-american in trouble we don't want him to sit out a god week. what did i say at midco now I, I can't remember what i said yeah it was i don't remember what it was but it, yeah that was it funny. must have been on tv i must have said it on the yeah you said it yeah the, i must have ripped him during it was live a, it on was TV. a cutaway <laughs> it was a cutaway on the sideline but but i want to i want to put make one more point and then we're going to get matt vanderpan in here okay south dakota fans that are chirping about Bob Nielsen's future. Um, I, I, I don't understand it, and here's why. I get it. Oh. Coaches are measured by wins and losses. But I got to tell you, what we saw in the Alara Center last week was a disciplined, hardworking, fight-to-the-end team that essentially every game is important. I always tell people when, um, when people tell me uh, that – and most, most often it's folks who never played football or at least college football that say, well, it was garbage time or it was, it was a meaningless game. Hey, if you step between the white lines, you better be ready to play right. or you're going to get hurt. <laughs> but South Dakota came up, put on a hell of a performance. They've got a good team. They've got a young team. They're doing things right. Bob Nielsen is never going to embarrass your program ever. He's a gentleman. He's a good guy. We right. disagree with his phone techniques. That's right. the only thing we disagree with, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to carry that to our grave. But I'm going to tell you, South Dakota fans, you are not going to find a finer FCS football coach than Bob Nielsen. I'm defending his resume. He had his 200th win a couple of weeks ago. I'm defending him as a person, and I, I get really, and obviously I've got a, uh, I got a dog in this fight a little bit too because, you know, Bubba takes a lot of heat as well. But I think, in, in my opinion, it would be crazy at South Dakota to change horses right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I 
he was a winner. And they, they went and got him because he was a winner. They went from Western. Okay, they right. paid him big money yep. to go get him from Western. He's your guy. Yeah, he hasn't taken you to the top of the Missouri Valley or anything, but that's not easy to do in Vermilion, as we found out. They've Nobody's ever taken him to the top of anything. Okay, they haven't won much of anything in their career. Few, few uh, conference championships over the last – 75 years is about all they got you know so you got to factor these things and here's in the you know? other thing guys he made probably his most difficult administrative decision of his career this year with oh, Ted right. you can argue any way yep. you want but he made the change that's the head man's job Ted Schlafke won a national championship right. for him in Duluth and he made the change that tells you he's not afraid to See, make the change well he he made the change I think it was a little bit to do with what Schlafsky, Schlafsky did to himself, too, or no, something. You know, there was something he did. Yep. But, he, yeah, he, he for the betterment of the program, he made the decision based on whatever was happening. Nobody quite knows. But he did it for the betterment of the program. And you know, he's he is a good guy. Okay, if you're – like, I'd send – you know, you send your kid off. You want him to learn and be under someone good. Like, Bubba, Bubba you know, those type of guys. You want him to learn and be, you know – Taught yeah, well, right. I guess. Looked over. Oh, a well-rounded. I'd send, individual. Him, send him to South Dakota. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, he seems I mean, like a good guy. Yep. So yeah, and let's remember, guys, they had the number one strength schedule this year. That's Their right. schedule was ridiculous. Was I don't know brutal. who put who put who that put together. That together. <laughs> Jesus, nobody was winning except for yeah. maybe the Jacks or Bison are winning throughout that schedule, and they're not even beating South Kansas State. So they would have had one loss, you know. Yeah, and they play in Montana. I mean, yeah. even if you get <laughs> Montana. In Vermilion, it's a little bit easier. But anyway, that's, uh, you know, and, and again, all we ever hear, we don't really hear the true heart and soul of the South Dakota fans. We see the board posters. So uh, there's that. Okay. Um, we had, or I had the pleasure of catching up um, with one of Matt's former teammates. Did you play with Matt Vanderpan? Probably freshman year. Freshman year. Yeah, I think yeah probably a year. He's a year ahead of me. So year two, two, maybe. Yeah, two years. He might have been a red shirt then a freshman yeah. year. Fun, yeah. fun yeah. discussion yep. earlier this week. Yep. And again, um, Folks, listen in here. We, we've got Matt Vanderpan talking um, about a historic game, the 28-21 overtime victory in the last ever nickel trophy game. Matt Vanderpan joins us on UND Football 360. Matt, we're going to talk with you about your role in the last ever nickel trophy game back in 2003. Welcome to UND Football 360. Thanks for having me, Shannon. So, um, one of your teammates, Maddie Nelson, uh, who, as you know, is uh, part of our team here at UND Football 360, he's a little bit jealous of you in that 2003 game because he said, well, I had to be on defense. I couldn't get to the nickel first. And obviously you did. Tell us a little bit about that, uh, the excitement. Everybody knew it was going to be the last game, a 28-21 overtime win uh, back in 03. Tell us a little bit about the emotion surrounding that game. You know, being senior year home game in Grand Forks, and it was it was a tight game, and and uh, getting down there towards the end, they had the ball in the red zone, and we needed a big defensive stop, uh, and uh, D came up big, and there was there was a bunch of us crowding that corner of the coach's box on the field on our sideline, and I think there was a quite a quite a race for the for the trophy when when digger had that that big uh big stop to uh end the game so 
I, I don't. Pretty memorable. We had, we had a straight shot. Yeah, we had a straight <laughs> shot right to the nickel, and some of those guys on defense had to run around people to get there. Yeah, well, and in in perpetuity as well, because uh, everybody figured it's probably going to be the last game, at least for uh, some time. Of course, then the nickel trophy was retired after 65 years. So there, there is what I described um, when we were off air as an iconic photo. It's out in the Heritage Center. It's you holding up the nickel after that 2003 victory. Tell us who's who else is in that picture with you. Uh, I think it's Joe Wilson. Uh, he's a quarterback who's from Grand Forks. Uh, Willis Saddleman, he's a wide receiver. Um, and Jeff Momrak, he's a defensive lineman. So th- those are the the four of us were the one, first ones to, to get there when the game ended. Have you been out to the Heritage Center, Matt, to see the nickel in its, um, in its spot uh, since it's been I, retired? No, I have not. I have not been out there. Um, but I, I've got friends and acquaintances and other guys played with that have stopped by, and uh, I'll make it out there sometime. But just been busy chasing kids around. Yeah, well, we know how that we know how that goes. Well, let's talk a little bit more um, about that 2003 season. That was the runner-up season to Grand Valley State. Finished the year 12 and two. The other. Uh, loss other than the national championship game was to Mesa State, also in overtime, 31-24 loss to Mesa State. But overall, uh, a memorable season under Coach Lennon, um, second time uh, to the national championship in three years. Uh, What are some of your favorite memories of that 2003 season? You know, it was, it it was, uh, we, the summer before we really, readjusted our mindset um and uh everybody was was really all in getting ready for that for that season and uh we had a lot a lot of really close games that year and um there was a few games we had to come from behind and a few ones that we had to hang on to uh to win but uh you know we were everybody Everybody believed in that team, and we knew we knew we had the talent to make a good run. And uh, I think it it helped that we went into those games, and it didn't matter who we were playing, we we expected to win. So if we were down, uh, we knew we were talented enough to uh, make up for it and come back and and finish finish the game uh, wherever we were. If we were down or if we were up, and it was close and we needed a stop, we'd get a stop, or if we needed a score, we'd get a score. So Caleb really, Johnson, really fun. excuse me, Matt, Caleb Johnson was a teammate of yours. In fact, he caught the touchdown um, in overtime in that uh, Bison thriller. Uh, Caleb, to this day, still has more receptions and receiving yards in the playoffs than any other fighting Sioux or fighting Hawk. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you remember of Caleb Johnson. You know, Caleb had Caleb was a scrapper. He was he was one of those guys. I think uh, Adam Rowland used to call him the uh, human turf burn because there was nobody that uh, had more turf burns than Caleb. It was his arms and his legs, and he wouldn't wear sleeves, and and uh, he get he just get chewed up in games. But he he was was not afraid to get out there and get after it, and dive for balls and and uh 
he was he was fun to watch and fun to play with. West Fargo tough, like they say about those those West Fargo kids. Digger Anderson uh, that we talked about before with his dip and rip made the big play. Uh, Digger made a lot of big plays during that year and during his career. Absolutely, Digger. Digger was fun to watch and uh, on and off the field in the locker room in the weight room. He was he was as charismatic in person, you know, when we weren't playing football as he was, you know, making those those big stops and those big plays. He's, he's another fun guy that just always, always high on life and fun and, and uh, a, a really good leader. You get to see the guys often, Matt. You know, I live in Grand Forks and my wife and I, we've got season tickets and, and uh, we sit, we sit with a bunch of other has been guys. Um, and, um, we see people filter through, you know, that come from out of town that live elsewhere. And it's, you get that, you, you make eye contact and you're like, Oh, I know that guy. Who is he? And then it comes back pretty quick. You, either you remember them or they remember you. And it's, it's fun to, it's fun to catch up, but, uh, I, we, we go to all the home games for sure. And, uh, see, you know, three or four guys either that were, there when I played or immediately before, immediately after that uh, I've gotten to know throughout the years or played with. Do you have tickets for this weekend's game or are you going to be watching from Grand Forks? Well, we're going to, I'll be probably watching on my phone. My uh, fifth grade daughter is going to be playing in a basketball tournament out in Devil's Lake. So we'll be, we'll be cheering on. We'll be cheering on uh, the football team from uh, a basketball court out in Devil's Lake. Oh, it's a fun time. And you said you're, you're chasing, is it three kids, Matt, that you're chasing around right now? Yeah, we've got three kids. We've got uh 11-year-old daughter, a 7-year-old son, and a 2-year-old son. So we're, that keeps you busy. Yeah, you know, they're they're busy kids. I tell people they're, they, they operate on two speeds. They're either 100 miles an hour or sleeping, so. There you go. Well, Matt, thanks for spending some time with us and, and sharing some memories of that last Nickel Trophy game. Absolutely, Shannon. Thanks for having me. Our thanks to Matt Vanderpan. Um, thanks for passing along the number, um, Matt Nelson. Matt, what's your favorite memory of Vanderpan in that 2003 season? Boy, uh, we were both seniors together, and uh, we were roommates, we were teammates. Uh, just being able to spend the time with uh, some of your guys that you really get to know over the course of five, six years uh, up at UND. And just Matt talked about the the grit that we had that year and just making the decision before the season that uh, before that 2003 season, we went five and six in 2002. Oh. We had the worst team at UND in over a yeah. decade. So, so as seniors that year, we really decided, no, this ends here guys and we're not going to let another five and six season happen. So, so that's the attitude that we had that year. Yeah. And, you know, Matt was an influential guy on offense and, and uh, it was just fun to be part of that group and that senior class. We had a lot of guys uh, and it was just, no, we, we went out there and we just decided to win no matter what. And we, we made it happen and it was a lot of fun. And Matt's a great guy. He's been my best friend for 20 years. National runners up to grand Valley state. Um, fellas, we mentioned that it was the last ever nickel 
trophy game, and that is the subject of this week's quiz. Once again, you can put your heads, not physically put your heads together. Get, <laughs> get apart. All right. We've got to separate yeah. these two. But put your heads together because this week's quiz is about the nickel trophy and trophy games in the NCAA. You can work together. I'm going to make some of them easy. Some of them are a little more difficult. All right. The nickel trophy was awarded to the winner of the UND-NDSU game from 1938 to 2003. What is the year on the nickel trophy? What year is on the nickel trophy? Matt Nelson. Matt, Matt. 1937. That is correct. Oh. Good job, Matt Nelson. Oh, that's a gimme. That's a gimme. You didn't know that, Kelly? Oh, no. What? I don't, I don't even know if I ever lifted that 37. thing. 37. Well, heavy that, for me. Here comes, <laughs> here comes the Typical next question. DB. Do you have a D-lineman lifting? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> if you guys can come within uh, 10 pounds, as you discuss it, of the weight of the nickel trophy, I will – Call you a winner. Matt Nelson raises his hand again. 77 pounds. You are within 10 pounds. It's 75 pounds. Yep, 75 heavy. pounds. 70. I 75 thought it was 77. Pounds. Getting it. And getting it, it. And there's a replica in, is it rugby? <coughs> I don't know. Is there? I think there's in a rugby bar. There's yeah. a, there's an exact replica in the rugby bar. Yeah, and they always flip, would flip it the way, and they still have theirs. Um, the legislature <laughs> confiscated the blue key. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's out in the Heritage Center, folks. If you get a oh, chance to see it. Yeah, it's out in the Heritage Center. Okay. And Matt... Vanderpan yeah. is featured prominently because that picture with that Matt referred to with Joe um, Wilson, Wilson yep. and Matt. That's that's behind it. Okay. Other trophy games. Some some of my favorite. I'm not going to ask the local. Obviously, my favorite trophy game. But, but let's settle this once and for all. The nickel was the best trophy in college football because it was an exact replica of U.S. currency. It couldn't have been better. Right. Yeah, it was, was, it it was, was fantastic. It was really special to be a part of. And yep. Hopefully, you know, <coughs> next couple of years we get something else going. Well, that, that's yeah, – we'll, we'll talk about that all after right. this quiz. We're still going on the quiz. We're going to slow you guys down. You're two all for right, two. We're right, going right. to slow you down a little bit. Um, uh, probably my favorite, I played in a, a trophy game uh, four times. Well, actually two times because I missed two years for injury. But Valley City State and Jamestown have paint bucket. Oh, yeah. And there's a history to that, and it dates back to vandalism. So, you know, us us ne'er-do-well private school kids who have too much time on their hands, because we're all wealthy. We're all wealthy and and privileged and everything else. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the paint bucket is a fun trophy uh, to play for, and and it is an an actual paint bucket that has been, I don't know what, it's not bronze on it, but it's been plated, and it's a lot of fun. So let's talk about some other trophies. I'm going to give you guys the conference. You have to tell me who plays for this trophy. First of all, out of the Pac-12, who plays for the Apple Cup? Washington. The the two Washingtons. Very good. Washington, Washington State. Out of the SEC, who plays for the Golden Egg? Mississippi. And? Mississippi State. That is correct. Two Mississippis. All right, now we're going to make it harder. (laughs) <laughs> Out of the Mountain West Conference, who oh plays for the bronze boot? Uh, Colorado West. State, Co- Wyoming. Yeah. That is correct. Boom. Well, you guys are on it. I should have made this. Cowboy region up yeah. there. I right? should have made this harder. Uh, Out of the Big Ten, who plays for the little brown jug? Uh, Minnesota, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, and yep. Michigan, our Minnesota fans really don't know anything about that because <laughs> they haven't, seen, they haven't I, seen the little yeah, brown jug since it, 1966, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Sorry, Gopher fans, you know, but you do you do sell a lot of hockey tickets. So yeah, that's going well. Speaking too. of, boy, it's really rivalry well, week around here, isn't it? I'm a little, I, I'm a little, I, I got a little bitterness flowing out of me. Yeah, Matt yeah. I like it though. It's yeah, kind of like hard. It. Edge, I like this shit. I got a little edge. It's kind of hard <laughs> for you to sit next to me. You're you're catching some of this. All right, here's here's one, uh, out of the Pac-12. Who plays for the Platypus? Ooh. Pac-12. This is oh, uh, uh, Oregon State. And? And, I don't know, Oregon then? That would be correct. Oh, really? Sweet. It's also known until last year as a civil war. They don't call it that anymore because <laughs> oh, that, that, got, that. that wasn't PC anymore. Oh, of course. Um, so. Those were way too easy. One more um, that I'll give you, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you the conference, who plays for the Commander and Chiefs trophy. Oh, uh, well, the Army. three, the three schools. Yep. Yeah, uh, three Army, schools. Navy, and, and Air, Air Force. Air yep. Force. Yep. Air Force won it this okay. year. Is that yeah, still up for grabs? Probably uh, with Army and Navy playing. Army and Navy still have to play. Air, Air Force, Force didn't. What I think. Did Air Force, Air Force, Air Force beat them both? Air, Air, Air they Force. beat Army. Yeah. I don't I know think, if they beat Navy. I got to think about I that. I think they did. We'd have to look uh, that. Yeah, I think. And they looked pretty good when I watched them. We'll get our. We'll get our crack. They cool. They had a couple losses though. Surprise loss. I think they lost to Wyoming or something. Put up like ten points. Yeah. Air Force. I mean, right. on stop Northern Iowa. Remember that 582 yards That's rushing. Right. That's first right. game of the year. So, yeah. so before <laughs> we break, I want to ask the two of you who played in the Nickel Trophy game several times. What would you suggest if there were a, a new trophy um, for North Dakota State, North Dakota? What would what would you suggest? What would be appropriate? Um, Have you thought about it? Vaguely. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's so hard. It's nothing hard nothing will be as good. No. You know, it's like, and it's hard uh, to invent one. I hate to bring it up, but it's kind of like the nickname too. Like, you know, how do you replace <laughs> the nickel trophy, yep. right? Yep. So, um, yeah, I I don't know. We'd have to think about that one. That one's hard because you don't want anything lame because people yeah. will reject Lame-o. it. You know, and it just won't ever catch on. Yeah, it's hard. <clears throat> it's gonna be hard now, to you replace know, it. I, so. Here's what I thought was yeah. as long as Kelly brought up lame, I thought the mile marker was kind of lame because it was an invented rivalry. Um, I know the two schools, South Dakota State and North Dakota State, have played in some really big games. They needed a rivalry game when they both went Division One, and they didn't have their natural no. rivals with them. And I, I don't fault them for that, but I thought the mile marker was a little bit invented and thought they should have had something that but anyway it works and they do it now it's it's heavier than hell when they parade that thing around you think somebody's gonna you know blow a quad when they're picking it up or something but the the other point is as we go back to the rivalry game when when North Dakota State fans say well South Dakota State's our rival here's what I would argue how many families in North Dakota or western Minnesota have siblings where some went to South Dakota State, some went to North Dakota State. None. None. Because it's the same school. No. None. How many families in, in Minnesota and North Dakota have siblings like ours, the Schweigerts? We have two North Dakota State um, graduates. Um, they're okay now, but we still <laughs> watch them pretty close. <laughs> you know, we look at them a little sideways on that, but families are split. That's what makes the difference. That's why this rivalry right. is special, UND, NDSU, because some went to UND, some went to NDSU. Um, it splits families. It splits friends. It's going to be a great weekend. When we return, folks, we're going to have our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. We're going to have our Lit Fitness and Nutrition Coaching Injury Report. Kelly's and Matt's picks. We have a change in momentum, perhaps. We have a change in mo- momentum. Yes. 
uh, from last week, but uh, I know you always enjoy Kelly and Matt's picks. we got a 2.30 kickoff at the Fargo Dome, folks. Um, if you're there, be loud. If you're at a watch party, be loud. Uh, big game on Saturday. You're listening to UND Football 360. Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino in the Grand Cities Mall is the only stop you need to make in Grand Forks for food, gaming, and entertainment. Great Sunday specials with all the NFL action and the only simulcast horse racing in the region. Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. Development Homes Incorporated of Grand Forks is committed to providing quality community-based support services to persons with disabilities with options for residential, vocational, and family support services. To learn more about how you can get involved to help make dreams come true, visit developmenthomes.org. The Grand Forks Country Club invites you to keep the fun going this fall and winter. All are welcome to book your special events at the Grand Forks Country Club. Become a member and treat your family and friends to the best Grand Forks has to offer. The Grand Forks Country Club. Thunder Lake Lodge in Reamer, Minnesota is perfect for a family getaway or that hunting or fishing trip with your crew. Cabins and cottages for groups and reunions, familiar, friendly faces to greet you and make your stay the best possible. Visit ThunderLakeLodge.com and plan your getaway today. The ball is fumbled. This is Caleb Johnson, and you're listening to UND Football 360. Welcome back to segment two of UND Football 360, Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview in rivalry week. UND, NDSU, and Matt Nelson, the man that brought us back, Caleb Johnson, caught a touchdown pass in overtime in 2003 to give the Fighting Sioux the victory. Caleb Johnson. Yeah, Caleb's a great guy. We were freshmen together right next to me in the locker room our freshman year. Uh, great to see the success he had uh, getting the record for playoff catches. Um, he's a great guy, and he's a diehard UND guy, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of him and, and uh, glad to see that he took us in today. And as Matt Vanderpan said in, in segment one, tough as nails. Tough, tough as, yes. as nails. Yeah, he's, he's a street baller, that kid. He's, he's a tough as Toughest comes so and, and about as loyal um, a UND football alum as as you're ever going to want to find. So we love uh, that Caleb brought us back for this game. We're bringing some mojo from the past. We're getting you ready, folks, uh, on the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. This is the 115th meeting between UND and NDSU. North Dakota holds the all-time series lead 62, 49, and three. This rivalry dates back to 1894, the first year of North Dakota football. 
And it took a 12-year hiatus. It was The game was not played between 2003 and 2015. And in your opinion, Kelly, how does that add to the rivalry, the bitterness, the, the angst, the hate, or did it detract yeah. from it? Well, the overall, I think it detracted because they weren't in the – but the pettiness rose quite a bit because they were in two different conferences for a majority of the time that they're, you know, the last – well, almost 19 years, there were two different, con 18 years, there were two different conferences. So right. the pettiness, because then they didn't have to want UND to be good. They wanted it to be horrible, and they wanted that conference to be horrible. Well, now all of a sudden they're in the same conference. Now if UND's in third, let's say, well, you don't really want them to be that bad because we want a quality win, and we want another team in the playoffs. And so it kind of changed things when UND got – it's more now back to a general – NCC, feel NCC to it, hate yeah. to it, just yep. a general. We don't like your program. The petty, like little lame stuff is gone. You know, in my mind, it's more. It's more back to the way it used to be. But people, I will say, it's 2022 now. Okay, we got to change our mentality a little bit. Everyone does that. This thing's got to probably build itself back up internally in the locker rooms before it'll you know build itself with the young fan base because students students get it this is our this is a big game and then it goes away out of their mind there isn't uh 365 days a year knowing you hate und at down in fargo and vice versa it's more of just that game week now and you know it's a big deal you know that type of thing it's gonna take consistent playing every year and it's gonna take itself you know some und's got to they got to pull an upset they got to pull an upset. They got to hurt somebody. They got to, you know, something goofy's got to happen where all of a sudden the fan base just hates them because they cheap shot at this guy or, you know, and then all of a sudden, and if you, pulling the upset is the one, you know, that'll kind of get, draw the angst. Yeah. You know. Is it an upset this week if North Dakota wins, Kelly? Oh, yeah. It's okay. an upset. Yeah. If UND's defense was stronger, I would say if it was last year's defense, which I think was a more complete defense than this year's. Um, I would say eh, it's a 50-50 game, but as we get into this, guys, and look at it, they're still good. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, I don't see Trey Lance out there. Yep, you're right. I don't see, you know, all-American defensive linemen across the board. You know, they probably got one. Weiji's pretty good. And I don't see the linebackers aren't as good as they have been, but they're pretty good. They'd be playing for us, too. You know, it's not like they're better than all our – you know, so – yeah, I mean, it would, it's still an upset. I don't care what you say. You go into the Fargo Dome and win, it's still a up. It'll be viewed an upset by everyone in America. And, and it's so. probably the Fargo Dome is is probably one of the biggest home field advantages in all of college football. Now, I'm not saying right. it's the I'm not saying it's the most historic venue. I'm not no. saying any of that. But the noise when nineteen thousand Bison fans are screaming at you on offense, it's right. a huge advantage. Uh, this is the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. And Thunder Lake Lodge, folks, in case you are a first-time listener, that's our old friend Craig Riondo, All-American cornerback um, from the fighting Sioux days of the late 90s, early 2000s. And, folks, he runs Thunder Lake Lodge like he roamed his cornerback position back in his fighting Sioux days. <laughs> Things are buttoned down, top-notch. It's a great place. Um, yeah, Matt, it, you're an outdoorsman. Yeah, it's a it's a great spot. Uh, 
lakes are starting to freeze up now with this cold oh, weather. Yeah. So, you know, if you're an ice fisherman, uh, deer season's pretty much almost to an end here. If you're a bow hunter or something like that, uh, great area up by Reamer, Minnesota. Um, ice fishing, there's no better place out in the woods and, and up in the Northland there. So uh, call Craig, call Thunder Lake Lodge, book your time up there. Uh, it's a great place to be. Kelly, we're going to start with you. What is the matchup of this game? I, it's got to be our defensive line and their offensive line. That's, it's got to be, and, and linebackers, okay, because UND's only got three defensive lines, so let's say outside backers too. Um, it's got to, they got to just match physicality. And it, NDSU is going to get runs, so people settle that down. They're going to break some, and there's going to be some holes. Okay, you're going to see some big holes. Last year now, we buttoned it up good. Okay, we walked guys up, and last year the front did very well. Okay, there wasn't many big holes. There was a, you know, a couple, but they weren't big holes. They just got through them. There's going to be some holes this year. I'm just at home. They're a different animal. And But I go back to last year's game plan. Defensively for UND, we really schemed them up well. Okay, I remember watching this thinking, they sent a guy in motion across the field, okay? We didn't go with it. And I'm like, Caden Coppin stayed in the alley on the backside. So his guy left, goes across the across, across the field, and he we don't rotate. I'm like, what's going on here? Snap comes. Quincy Patterson runs a backside quarterback keeper right to Caden Coppin. They knew it was coming. Okay, they knew when they motion out of that set, you don't, you don't go with it because they're going to run – they're going to run back where he came from, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's when the light bulb went off. I'm like, whoa, okay, we got it. We schemed this up. We, we saw a lot of things we liked. And they, we outgained him in yards last year. So there's things. My point is there's things to take from last year's and put it in. Put it in this year's. That's, a great, point. that's a great point, Kelly, because when I – you know, this is, what, the third or fourth time I've watched NDSU play as a game – and watched them against Youngstown, watched them against uh, who they play last week. Southern uh, Illinois. Southern Illinois. Yeah, I watched that game a couple times. And we can scheme this team again. Um, you know, they, they're, they're not entirely predictable, but there's a few tendencies that they do do where right. you could, uh, in the way we run our defense, there's going to be opportunities there where, where same thing that happened last year where we can – Get guys to the right spots and then shut them down on, on and get them to punt. We got for sure. <clears throat> we got to make the big plays when they present themselves because yeah. they're gonna present themselves. Okay? That's right. But we're not gonna shut down the run. Okay, I'm sorry. We're just not. We're not that dominant to where we're not South Dakota State level where South Dakota State was getting run on in the first half and then they shut it down in the second half with that big defensive line. We don't have that. So what that tells me, okay, what what do you got to worry about? The fullback, running back, wheel, leak routes. They yep. love that, they leaking do. them out of the backfield and then hitting them on wheels or little seam routes. Right. Okay, you got to ID that. That's the one. NDSU's getting their big plays through the air chunks, and then they're mauling you. Mm-hmm. Maul, 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 big chunk. Maul, maul. And then, and then once they're feeling really good, now they're going to try to maul you 17 times in a row. Okay, but to get to that point, 
They're they're throwing what 10, 15 times a game is all. I mean, they're not throwing very much. Right, but you have when those yeah. passes do come and third, if you third defend down, them, if you defend them, you got to be able to recognize now it. Now you're in but business. It, those yep. situations are relatively predictable. Right. I mean, where they go into that three fullback yeah. set, you know, or the gun. He tries and way, way too hard to come up with formations for fullbacks. I mean, it's just I've talked to a few people. It's just lame because it's it doesn't do anything for you. They get three yards on the play, yeah. and they'll be, "Oh, did you see that cool look in the backfield?" Like that was lame. Like it didn't do anything. I don't even know what you call it. Reverse well, you go with a diamond. You go with a diamond a, a, a T look and the cross, but it's not. It doesn't present anything because right. everybody you have fullbacks in the game. All right. Hey, we're going to bring our linemen in. Yeah. We're going to bring an extra that, linebacker. That's what Whatever. I call a clue. <laughs> well, it's like, well, but then he's thinking he's going to maul you and get you. But it works against him. I don't know. It's just, I, it's just, I'm not worried about that stuff whatsoever. It's just, if, if that works, the other stuff's working. Okay. Right. That's all I'm saying. It's not right. like that's going to suddenly but then, work. But then they know? do that wheel route. They do that for two plays. <laughs> and then they do that, sneak the, one of the fullbacks out on, yeah. on the wheel. Through run the, through. through, fake the handoff if, to the running back. Yeah, he runs and then through. they dump it yep, over. You got to cover that, it. That's going to be one of the It's just plays. eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's all eyes. And, you know, this is all stuff I wrote down, but that's the stuff. If you defend that stuff, now they're not as dynamic. They, they're they not running the ball like they have in the past where it's just, holy crap. I mean, by the third quarter, the other team's laying on their back half the time. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that level, but it's pretty good. Okay, they're fourth fourth in the Missouri Valley in points. In, I, I went to conference stats. They're first overall, but I don't count those bad out-of-conference out games. So in conference, they're fourth in points. They're number one overall. So they're scoring points. Don't get it wrong, people. It's just not what it used to be. So we got we got to clarify a few things. So I mean, a key, they're going to get yards on the ground, okay? But it can't be 20. Let's make it be six. Let's make it be four. And it can't be third and two. If we're third and two or third and one all game, we're in trouble. Okay, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. Yeah. It's got to be second and ten, that's second and nine. That's the key. And put you know? them into that position where we can make the big play when they try those wheel routes right. and those different passes. That, that's going to happen about ten times in the game, and we need to break up six to eight of them and, <laughs> or, get, or yeah. pull an interception. Okay, let's talk to. about uh, Cam Miller and his performance this year. Um, number one, uh, you know, uh, the offensive line at North Dakota State uh, still – uh, pretty salty, not what they were, although they do have, you know, a guy Still who's going to play good. on Sunday, yep. Cody Mock, yep. is going to play on uh, – he's going to play on Sunday. He's he's uh, uh, terrific. He's a guy to watch. But, yep. one, can North Dakota State protect Cam Miller? Two, if they do protect Cam Miller, is he accurate enough to uh, damage North Dakota in the air? Well, it goes back to what we said. He's accurate enough – to hit, yeah. I mean, he throws a nice ball. He, he does, gets out of it on time. Yeah, oh, yeah, he can he can hurt us. We got to cover it. But one-on-one -on -one balls, they'll throw it up to Mathis. He's, what, 6'6"? Six, six. That's all. Yep. He's, they'll throw it up to him on the back shoulder fades. Yeah, we got to defend him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got it, and yeah, it's 50-50. Once again, and he goes back. Everybody thinks you got to stop the run. You're not going to stop the run. You just got to kind of make it churn, make yep. it burn, and, and then – no, there is a, not an offensive coordinator in America who will try to run up the middle all game. They're going to get bored, okay, and they're going to want to throw deep because they want to get their chunks. Right. They want to get 30. They want to get 40. Defend the 30 to 40 shots. 
and you're in business. I'm going to say it all, all podcast guys. That's the key to this game. Okay, they're not, they're not as good. They can't run all game. They got to get chunks. Okay, um, one of their weapons, Noah Gindorf, out for the season yep. has been out, um, which is is really disappointing um, after the career he had that yep. he wasn't able to play his senior season. Another Sunday guy. Yeah, big weapon. Big tall. weapon. Tall. Yep. Another Sunday guy. Yep. They still have weapons at tight end. Are you worried underneath, Kelly? Uh, not as much because they. When I watch them, it's it's short stuff. It's you know, it's not. I'm not as worried about that. I'm just. My concern is just all of a sudden the field gets tipped. Okay, they tip fields on you, and all of a sudden that thing is going downhill at a 30-degree angle, and you can't stop it. That's what they do to teams, and you've—I mean—they've done it for mm-hmm. 50 years. Okay, they—they—they right. they, they start to the veer started to do that to you. All of a sudden you're just treading water, and you look like you're fighting uphill the whole time. You can't stop them. That's my biggest fear. How you stop that? Well. Part of how you stop that, which we're going to get into, is Tommy Schuster and the offense. Okay, you want them to sit on, you want them sitting on the sidelines, and de- you want to depress the fan base and the crowd, the crowd there. Keep getting first downs. Okay, that'll all of a sudden they'll get a li- they won't be quite as loud after a number of first downs. You know, right. few less people start yelling because they, right. they you know they realize it didn't work type of thing. And so let let's do that. Let's uh, flip the script and talk about the North Dakota offense, Tommy Schuster. Uh, Tyler Hoosman and company. Um, Matt Nelson, what is your recipe for the North Dakota offense this weekend? Keep doing what we're doing. Um, you know, if, if Tommy keeps on having precision balls and he keeps on having uh, running the offense like he is, NDSU going into the Fargo Dome isn't going to be anything that we haven't seen. We've we've been in a couple of really big games. We've played SDSU now. We were at Nebraska, who awful environment to go and play in as a visiting team. So we prepared ourselves. Our offense has been prepared for this game all right. season long, right? So to, this isn't going to be anything. It's going to be loud. We know that. It's going to be very predictable from that aspect. We just have to play like we have been in the last 10 games, make good decisions, Right. Throw it away if you have to, um, reset, and limit the mistakes on offense. So no false starts. You know, we, yep. you know, if we if we limit it to one all game, you know, we, we'll probably get one because of the noise. Um, but if we limit it to one, great. And then keep on going. And, you know, I th- I'm thinking Tyler Hoosman's going to have a good game. I saw him. Right. Uh possibly having a really good game this game. Speaking of penalties, uh, number one least penalized in the Missouri Valley, the Fighting Hawks. Number four nationally, they did have five penalties for 45 yards. Um, I disagree with the one 15-yarder. But let's not get back into that, (laughs) Kelly Howe. But uh, the Fighting Hawks have played uh, penalty-free for the most part. Which which will be huge in the Fargo Dome. Obviously, don't want to give away first downs. You don't want to put yourself behind the chains. First and 15 is a bad deal. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want second and 15. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a death sentence in that building. But, you know, I'm looking looking at my notes offensively. I want to see us run run out of 10 and 11 personnel, okay? If you load the box with tight ends, they're going to kick the hell out of you, okay, because they're just going to reduce down, and they're, we're not running. Okay, if we run in Jaden Norby and Trey Steckler 
and then try to run up the middle, we're going to get zero yards. I'll just tell you that right now. Okay, you run by spreading them out. Yeah. You go you go with 10 personnel, 11 personnel. Probably, yeah, you keep you know, you know keep a Steckler in, a Norby yep. in, a you know, Zavalny in, and you block with one of them. You know, but you got three receivers spreading them out. That's how we get our yards. We're not against the best defenses like SDSU. We didn't bring in 12 personnel and kick the crap out of them. We spread them out, got 28 points and 360 yards that way. And then with you know. Tommy's decision-making, he was able to right. thread the needle and pick the right receiver. Right. And that's how we got that first touchdown against yep. SDSU is because he made perfect decisions with perfect throws. And so we need that kind of game again. And then when that starts to work and then they start worrying about that, then we oh, hand off to Hoosman This is going to be This is going to be the – this will be the fastest defense we play. I mean, you watched them. They fly sideline to sideline. Yeah, we're not – this is – like I've, I've clarified games, you know, when we're doing our preview. I'm like, this is an east-west game, guys. This is a north-south game, guys. This is a, well, do-it-all game, guys. You know, I, I come up with all those things like little lingo, right? This one's not an east-west game. They're too fast. Okay, we're going to try. Sure, we're going to throw some bubbles and stuff if we block it correctly, but we're not going to get 11 yards on a bubble. They're too fast. We might get five. Okay, but we'll take the five, and we'll keep moving. you got to go north-south on these guys. And as stupid as that sounds, their defensive line is not as good as it has been. It's not as dominant. Okay, Wagey out on the end. He is very – he'll be in the NFL. Now, him, yes. We're not going to run right, okay? He, I think he was at left end most of the time. We're not running right right at him, okay? I'll just tell you right now. It's going to be A-gap stuff. But you know, know you have Kayser and company. They're, they're closers. They're, they're fast. I, they're fast. Yep. They're closers. So, yep. um, eight men caught uh, receptions for North Dakota last week. Um, are you expecting the same thing? Is it going to be – um, you know, pretty diverse as far as who we're targeting, who we're has looking to, towards. Has to be. I, I, think, I, think, I think so. I, you I, want to move the ball, it has to be. You know, yeah. They're not stupid. They're going to be on Belquist. They'll have somebody, their best guy, maybe even moving around, flipping sides with them. Who knows? But if they're confident, then again, they're so arrogant, they'll probably just think their guys can cover whoever's across from them. So I shouldn't even have said that. But, um, yeah, they – I don't know. They – you just – Tommy's just got to keep doing what he's doing. I I wrote down here, Tommy, no big mistakes in the red zone. Last year he had the big interception. interception, USD, big interception last week. We'll take the field goal. Okay, we're indoors. No mistakes in the red zone. You don't like it. Gunning out the back of the end zone, nobody will be mad at you. We'll kick the field goal and we'll go from there. I know he's trying to make a play. I get it. Can't happen. Last year we had a field goal. We had it. Adam Stage would have knocked it through easy, and we would have taken the lead, I believe, 10-9 to 9 when he threw that interception. So that's the biggest thing because he, he'll – Tommy will get caught up a little bit in the moment and try to extend, 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 and, you know, like he did last week against USD, and then still try to make the play at the – seven out of ten times it works, but, geez, those other three. You know, we can't we – can't, he's got to play I, – I mean, I hate to put pressure on the kid, but he's got to play – Pretty flawless game. He just has to. He has to get us in and out of the huddle. No delay of games. It's going to be loud. I don't know if they're going to go. The clap, I suppose, should work this year. Clap cadence. That would probably still work again in the Fargo Dome, I would think. But, there, I mean, it won't be a verbal cadence no. at all. Yeah, so it'll be a clap cadence. So it'll be on Tommy. He's got to probably have the game of his career. He's going to be throwing a lot. Running isn't going to be easy. They're going to be jacked up. They want a seed. Okay, they want a top four seed. we got to remember that. So – He's Tommy's gonna be throwing. I don't know. He might be throwing 40, 40, 
45 times in this one. I, I'm thinking, I mean, we're going to try to run, and I think we'll get some yards. But that defense line isn't as good as it was, but they're pretty good. Okay, and their linebackers are fast. Well, we've oh. still got, uh, in this segment, we've still got our Missouri Valley Football Conference look and Kelly and Matt's picks, but it's time right now for the Lit Fitness and Nutrition Coaching Injury Report. Lit Fitness and Nutrition is David Butler, and if you want to learn about winning at weight loss for busy parents, go to Facebook and log in at winning at weight loss for busy parents. Avoid the fad diets. The key is nutrition, exercise, lifestyle, and enable yourself to be active with your kids as they grow up and beyond. Um, Kelly, how big is the injury report going to play in this matchup? Well, I think it'd be bigger for them than for us. We're pretty healthy still. So uh, losing Peyton Lotus, obviously everybody knows about that. That would be a big one. But he, you know, he was a freshman, replacing with a freshman. So yeah, Peyton was kind of the leader of the offensive line that. That hurt, you that, know, it definitely hurt. But Right. And, you know, but it, Danny Carroll had played early in the year. That's right. So that, he, he didn't just start playing last week. That's yeah. right. So, um, yeah, it hurt us in that it didn't happen in the game. It happened in practice. So we were prepared for that, that injury uh, a little bit more than ha- happening in the game. So it didn't really affect us in the game, and, and we're more prepared for that right. this week. So um, other than that, we're – Pretty healthy. Skokna's back. He was returning kicks last returning week, kicks. so he's still Good he's still okay. Back. We'll see him. It'd be interesting to see if they mix him in on the field. You know, you never know. I don't know. Maybe a little wrinkle, wrinkle to him. Just see see if they can get him loose. Like I said, it's gonna be a tough East West game just because how fast there. But I don't know. Skokna's got the speed to. You know, he's a as faster faster than their linebacker. So do you bring him in? You know, him and Isaiah Smith and try to match him up. I don't know if that's that's a factor. Yeah, I mean, as far as the the uh, health report, jeez, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty. I think the defense made it out okay again. All just bumps and bruises. So, yeah, I would say NDSU. You know, lost a couple guys last week. Hunter Loopke, he might not be playing. I mean, if it, if he's walking off holding his shoulder and then it's in a sling, that tells me it popped out. Maybe went back in. You know, type of thing, and which means it's been stretched out. I had that back in the day. It takes a few weeks. Got to tighten it back up, but. But the way he, you know, but the way he runs, that thing's going to get hit. I was going to say, that's, <laughs> right. a, that's quite a, a tough injury. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's probably why his his carries were limited. Right. Um, you know, uh, injuries are not reported. They aren't out. But he, his his carries had been limited the, the last three right. weeks, and then he came out. He may have been nursing. I see a lot of Tameric Williams this week. He runs just as physical he does. as Lupke yes. does. So, I mean, I want I know we're, we're still talking game and we're still talking health report, but, you know, you got to – yeah, account number twenty two is pretty good too. Yes. So yeah, I think they they lost Mason Miller. Their yep. right tackle was out, so they're down one there. Uh, their center got hurt earlier this year, so they've lost a couple O linemen. They've lost a couple defensive linemen, and yeah, it's 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 been kind of interesting year down there. Typically, they don't get they don't. a lot of them. They might get one or two big ones. It seemed one or two big players will get hurt, but that's it. Yeah, they've gotten multiple. It seems like this year, kind of a strange year. Strange year for NDSU, but um, yeah, I would say UND. If you want to say we're full strength coming into this one, I'd pretty close. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd pr- as good as you can be on week eleven of a season. I mean, that's pretty dang good, guys. So that's our lit fitness and nutrition coaching injury report. Uh, get a hold of Dave Butler and get yourself 
healthy. Let's look at the Missouri Valley Football Conference standings and games this week. South Dakota State has locked things up at 8-0. North Dakota State at 6-1 takes on North Dakota at 5-2. Um, a Fighting Hawk win would, be a, would mean a tie at second place for North Dakota. Um, other than that, not a lot of things are going to change. Youngstown State probably still battling for a playoff position, but without a doubt, the game of the week this week in the Missouri Valley Football Conference is the game we've been previewing, North Dakota, North Dakota yep. State. Yeah, it's big. It's down to the, you know, four teams. And you look at it, we talked about it last week, uh, you know, Northern Iowa and Southern Illinois, all the scenarios. Well, they kind of all played themselves out last week in a way because we were projecting ahead to this week. And now that Youngstown-Southern Illinois game this week is kind of uh, – it means a lot for Youngstown. You know, they could be on the outside looking in if they beat them. But um, Southern Illinois is out, Northern Iowa is out, you know, Illinois State's out. So, yeah, it's down to the top three in the standings. And, you know, people were saying the Missouri Valley would get three teams. Well, the way after last week, it's true. I mean, the most, I don't know how Youngstown would get in. It would have to be a complete disaster this week across the country. But there's so many scenarios where teams are playing each other. Right. So <clears throat> the winner gets yeah. in, the loser might be out. Right. Winner in, loser out. Well, you start putting them in, there's only, what is there, 13 at larges, I, would I, I think? I think that's right. Yeah, 13, so between automatics, 13. the CAA and the yeah. Big Sky got so many seven-win teams this year that it's going to be their year. You yeah. know, last year was the Missouri Valley year to take all the at larges. Well, if those two are going to take eight, I would say eight between them, probably. probably. Yeah. yeah, at least. Yeah, so. and, and yep. you know, when you look at the Missouri Valley, there's a big game in the Big Sky, too, uh, out in – Bozeman yep. with Montana State taking on Montana. I would say a cat win knocks the Grizz out of the playoffs. Kelly, would you would agree? So. Wow, their resume is not any good. It's, it's not it's very like good. Geez, but they look at that. It's and like the, the danger to this is, folks, um, if you're not seated, if you go into the host bid pool, if you're not top eight seated, uh, <laughs> North Dakota might be going to Missoula, there's there's a possibility right. if the Grizz get in because they can outbid anyone. It's a well, bid now they yeah, they say they don't open the bids until Correct. the teams are picked. Until the teams are picked. Yeah, so they don't. I mean, but so they wouldn't know. But here's what I said since 2015: you know damn well what's in Montana's envelope. Okay, it's right. big numbers. It's big. Okay, numbers. <laughs> okay. I mean, right. James Madison, you knew what was in their was uh, their yeah, envelope. They, they can outbid right? anyone. You know, I mean, so hopefully now. Last time, what did we bid? Seventy or something. Hopefully, this year yeah, we, we understood state. that we're probably, arguably, the best home team in the country. Let's take that into account with our bid. I don't know if we have to reach out, to, you know, to cover right. any losses that may happen or something. But there's people out there that did it last time. It let's hopefully we bid. Okay, hopefully it's a close to a six-figure number this time because a home game means a lot oh. like i mean it means everything well yeah the alaris center versus wah grizz okay yeah. uh you know, <laughs> you know i mean yeah, can we be at that's... home please instead of going there well how are we gonna win you know i mean jesus just if we weren't that great of a home team or something i mean ah, whatever but we are we get people in our place and we work them pretty good usually so yeah i'm hoping for the best um hoping we get in number one hoping number two that that bid was healthy this time and more than what directional schools with tents yeah, we don't in like, Louisiana. We don't want to go down to Nichols State <laughs> again. 
Well, if the Hawks take care of business, that should take care of itself. A win um, All right. puts them with the potential for a top eight um, seed. Let's go to Kelly and Matt's picks. I know people look forward to this. And last week, North Dakota beats South Dakota 28-19, total points 47. Kelly is 8-2 on the year. Uh, Matt is 7-3. and three. Both of our football experts picked North Dakota last week. Kelly said 28-16, North Dakota. Matt said 31-17, North Dakota. So we have to go to total points. Kelly at 28-16, 44 total points. Matt Nelson, 31-17, 48 points. Matt Nelson, what? one point. S what? Yes! <laughs> what? Nelson breaks the streak. <laughs> he is. I'm coming up, baby. I feeling good with that. <laughs> he is 28-16. And we Jeez. know what that Jeez. means. Yeah, you're dead on in North Dakota's yeah. points. But. Uh, huh. We know what that means, Kelly. How that means you are the loser uh, and loser. Not used to that. <laughs> Kelly, how? Not used to it. It's kind of weird. You know? Ooh, now I know how you feel. Empathy. Empathy. There we go. Uh, Kelly, who you got in this one and why? Oh, it's going to be interesting, boys. Interesting, interesting. I go back and forth. I don't know. Are they ready? To exercise the demons? Are they ready to go down there? I don't know what's in there. It's a mental state. I keep going back to you got to be mentally ready. you got to be mentally sick of hearing about NDSU. And let's take our turn. Okay, let's, let's take our piece of the pie back in the state, right, and get the respect from the people around the state of North Dakota. It's got to be that kind of mentality. It's not even a, you know, a game. it's not even an NDSU, UND thing, whatever. You know, it's not week 11. It's more of just personal. Take it personal. Are you sick of hearing about that? I mean, get, be ready. Just be ready to go. Every, it's going to be four quarters, and the, don't lose it. Don't lose it in the first quarter or second quarter. We can't be down 17 nothing. We can't be, you know what I mean, things like that. You can't lose it right away. you got to just hang in there, and things will get tight. You know, and that's what I'm – that's what the whole point is. Are these guys ready? That's what I want to know mentally. Are they ready? Are they sick of it? Are they sick? Of, let's take it back. Well, it's uh, we'll see. I don't know. I in the preseason post I picked NDSU 27-17 in this one. Um think season's played out a little differently. Like I I had UND 7 and 4. So it hasn't played out differently that way, but NDSU doesn't look the way I thought they were going to look. They got a lot of seniors. A lot of seniors and juniors in that roster and they haven't quite look the same you know a few chinks in the armor still a top five team no doubt about it um I know this is a long-winded game prediction but I wanted to get some of this back out again before we're done we're not we're not on the air anymore do, Shannon. do what we you gotta do <laughs> yeah yeah keep going just do it we can yeah, go right. as long as we want yeah but um hate to be the bad guy but I think NDSU wins again I got a bad I, I don't know I just don't our, my the defense. I think the offense can keep us in it. I think they can score some points. All right, Daniel come up with some stuff that'll work. He'll adjust on the fly quickly because they're gonna they're gonna get try to confuse Tommy. Okay, let's not be stupid. They're gonna try to confuse Tommy because they know he's very intelligent. And teams, you have to kind of confuse him, give him a different look, walk up, drop out, you know that type of thing. And they're gonna try and. 24-21 NDSU guys. Sorry. Hey, I just, I don't know. I got to see it. I got to see it first in the Fargo Dome. Show me. 
Show me the money, boys. Show me you can win in the Fargo Dome, and I'll pick you next year or two years from now in the Fargo Dome. I got to see it first. I just don't know if we can stop them. And sorry, that's the way it goes. That's the way I'm seeing this one. Kelly Howe goes North Dakota State in his uh, Missouri show me um, mode. He goes North Dakota State. 24-21. Matt Nelson, before you predict, you trail the All-American by one game in the standings <laughs> on predictions. Only one way to catch only up. One <laughs> way, only one way to, over, to, to catch him. What say you? Who wins this matchup and why? Well, I tell you one thing, Kelly and Shannon. I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer. I know that. Yeah. We played Nebraska tough. We played SDSU tough. We were probably about six to eight plays away from taking those games and putting them into the win column. And given that, that we played tough opponents, FBS, top team in the country, we've learned from our mistakes. Every single game this year, we've learned. We've gotten better. we put points on the board. These last three games, we have looked tough. We have given our team confidence. We have gotten better every single game. We're coming on strong, and we've done everything we needed to do to have confidence going into this game, into the Fargo Dome. I am predicting you don't have to show me nothing, (laughs) Kelly Howe. (laughs) I have faith. I know that we're going to go in there with confidence. I'm giving our guys some some street cred here. It's going to be a shootout, no doubt about it. But there's going to be a lot more points on the board. I think it's going to be 34-31, Hawks win. Ooh. Matt Nelson. 34-31. Goes with the Hawks, 34-31. And, Matt Nelson, I wrote this down before your prediction because the host doesn't pick the game, but I always tell you something that's going to happen. With my what's going to happen, I kind of predict the game. Here's what I'm going with. I'm going with a... Six-minute fourth-quarter drive for the Hawks, a Brady-Stevens field goal to win it. So Matt and I Mm. are in concert. Six-minute drive, Brady-Stevens field goal to win it. And the silence you hear. It would be Fargo Dome. As the clock goes off and it goes through the uprights, we'd be all right with that, too. That would be all right. That's our Thunder Lake Lodge 360-game preview. Again, thanks to... Um, Craig Riondo at Thunder Lake Lodge, and we are going to give our final thoughts, first final thoughts, to Kelly Howe this week. First final thoughts on this matchup, Kelly. I keep looking down at my notes. I had a lot of notes I didn't get to. More Red Wilson. More Red Wilson. Red Wilson is touching it more and more every week. Five catches, 55 yards last week. Week before, seven rushes, 78 yards. They're getting him the ball, however they feel that he, you know, in that certain game plan, and he's better between the hashes, guys. He's he he is he has good vision. I don't think he likes to run sideways. I think I think he wants his eyes downhill, and he makes cuts. Very, yeah, very oh my god, early. he's good. Isn't he's he? such an intelligent yeah. running back. More when, when Red Wilson. That, yeah, I want to see more Red I Wilson. I agree with that 100. Yep. They and. Obviously, that's the plan because he's got more and more touches as the week goes on. Yeah. This is a game Hats where he can, him too he can match speed. Himself. So. That's awesome. Yeah, let's go. I want to see more Red Wilson, and I want to be proven wrong. I want to come back here and look like an idiot and have you guys laugh at me and say I didn't believe. That's what I want. 
Okay. <laughs> and you know, um, Kelly Howe, you know that I've got that uh, brewery project that I'm working on set to open up next year. And I made a note because more Red Wilson is a good beer name, too. So <laughs> there we go. More Red Wilson. There we're we gonna, go. We're going to keep there that one oh, okay. uh, in queue. Matt Nelson, final thoughts on this matchup. We need that big play this game. We didn't get it in SDSU. We didn't get it in Nebraska. I said it a little bit in my prediction. Boys, we need the we need that big play. We need that interception, pick six, whatever it is, block another block punt. We need that in this game to win the game. It's going to be back and forth. Whoever makes the least amount of mistakes wins this game. But we need a big play to flip the table. Uh, no doubt about it that we can play with this team. We can beat this team. Uh, and you know, for the first time in a long time, I have a lot of confidence going into the Fargo Dome uh, and being able to beat the Bison. That's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, one more chance to thank our sponsors, Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino, the Grand Forks Country Club, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge in Reamer, Minnesota, the Lit Fitness and Nutrition Coaching Dave Butler. This UND Football 360 podcast is recorded at the Run Single Media Studios in Rocky Island, Fargo. For more fighting Hawks football coverage, visit undfootball360.com. For Kelly Howe and Matt Nelson, this is Shannon Schweiger. Kickoff is 2.30 p.m. Saturday at the Fargo Dome. UND fans, stand up and cheer. Go Hawks.